Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. And welcome back to the next episode of the Youthscape podcast with me, Rachel Gardner, and my friend Martin Saunders, who has just had to open a window because I've eaten a whole bag oh, of cheese and onion crisps. That's gross. Which isn't actually very socially acceptable when I, mean, I did vaguely offer towards the end. Yeah. But they say you should never go food shopping when you're hungry. You should never right. do a podcast episode when you're hungry. Right. But I'm still on the theme of food. Can we talk about the fact that you have had like a ridiculous early. Uh, early morning because I mean as much as you're you know I'm upset about the cheese and onion you you have had an incredibly long day already yeah it's all good though so what time did you wake up this morning I woke up at four o'clock I had to leave Blackburn about well I had to leave I thought if I leave at five I I was leaving chapel at nine but you know anything if I leave at five I'm probably bound to get stuck in traffic and then what is the point of getting up early if you miss the thing you're going for so I thought I'd go at 4.30 but I saw a beautiful sunrise oh look at you silver linings and I chatted to the girl in the Starbucks drive through I chatted not want a conversation no, this she morning, didn't, but she got one. Oh, I bet That's she did. That's very exciting. What about Jesus? Back to food. I just, I just wanted people to know okay. the sort of commitment that that goes in. You know, the sort of sacrifice that you make Thank in order you. that people my teeth. can hear. I can see hear the word people of the Lord. can hear you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't, know what to do. I don't know what to do with that. That feels like it's hanging out there weirdly. What is it? Where, where did I put it? I put it. I take it off. Put it in my pocket. Put it in one of my many. I'm wearing two jackets. I'm wearing a double jacket. Did you wear two jackets because it was so early? You got up. Cold. It was. You just forgot you I've put got one like on. A, den- a white t-shirt, denim jacket, and then a leather jacket on top. I just feel so with it. I'm. I, somebody said this to me the other day. What did they say? Rachel Gardner never wears normal clothes. <laughs> right. And 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 she pulls off stuff that no, nobody else pulls off. So oh. you're wearing uh, you, you, clogs, very high orange clogs. You're wearing orange clogs, A satin black skirt. Yeah, and then and I don't objectify you, but you are then wearing Lots two coats. You're wearing. I've never ever seen anyone wear a denim jacket. And a leather jacket. It's a big jacket. At the same time. It's almost hard to visualise. <laughs> so yesterday I was on the welcome team at church and everybody, everybody gave me grief about my skirt. I was wearing cowboy boots and a tassely skirt. To the point that one okay. of the our old ladies... Long skirt. A long skirt with long tassels. She actually sat down at my feet. It took me a while to notice what she was doing. Got an, old, an old lady. An old lady sat on the floor, out on the car park, got some scissors out and began to trim the tassels. No. <laughs> Much. I'll just take them off for you, darling. Then no one, I was like, when are you, what? There was an old lady Scissors. trimming your tassels. Yes, you <laughs> In the church car but park. I love it that nobody thinks that's slightly odd at St. Luke's. It's Why just, did she think she could cut them off? Because she's lovely and we love her and it's all funny and it's all fine. So, yes, it's slightly less tassely skirt now, which I'm a bit disappointed about. Rachel, you're known for your clothes. <laughs> I, would, I would say... Like, I think people... I'm known for wearing clothes. You're notable, notable for always wearing clothes, oh, which good. is the, op- the the difference between us. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I wanted to just delve into yeah. the the opposite of the thing you're known for. Oh. what What is the bit of youth ministry that you're secretly not very good at? Oh, that's so, you a know, great you question. So, you know, like, we're all, to some extent, we're all rounders, yeah. aren't we? 
But like you're good, you're obviously good at doing the talk. Oh, yeah. Well, sometimes I mean you'd hope, mm. right? And there's there's you know you're great at building teams. What's the bit, Rachel Gardner, mm, that you're I'm not, not a good complete at? a finisher. Oh. And how it how it works out on every day is so we have this amazing church suite thing, get young people signed up for it. I know it's important. I know every fibre of my body knows it's important, but I also don't care. Right. Someone else can sort that out. I'm not yeah. I'm not that like, interested in that. And and um, but those things are so crucial, but I'm I I really struggle to prioritise the systems and yeah. has everyone checked in and we've got all the consent and I just yeah. that stuff just I want to bash my head against the wall and get someone else and to do it and you massively prioritise safeguarding don't you like safeguarding is oh, one of your things absolutely yeah so it's not about keeping young people safe and in my brain I know that this is really important but you know when you like I have a variety of jobs to do right now yeah. one of them is like create a really fun activity or go and visit a young person sit on the curbstone with them or make sure that all the tablets are plugged in and charged ready for the church we sign in that's the bit that I'm like ah, can someone else do that so people know I'm technologically challenged anyway but I, I do find the ads inside really tough sometimes yeah i mean knowing you that's not a huge shock to me <laughs> i find that really hard it's very hard to know what mechanism to use to contact rachel oh no seriously i don't I, understand oh, no, i feel like i'm getting is better is it email oh. is it whatsapp is it text message i love is getting messages voicemail? from you and i love chatting to you so but which one is it i don't know i feel i feel like i feel like my phone doesn't like me <laughs> I mean, to be fair to you, you are keeping it real because you're like the only person I know who's got an iPhone 3. Yeah, and it's a broken iPhone 3. Like the, the uh, screen is terrible. So I do need to improve that. But that again is poor time management. That's why wow. I haven't got another one. It's humility. It's the simple that, way. Oh, that's it. That's it's the ruthless elimination of hurry. That's you stumbled into it, Rachel. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, what about you then? What is it about? Because you know, you're mine's super very, organized. Mine's very dark. Um, oh, because I've written a what? book about it. What? Yeah. So I, my weakness is something I've written a book about. And that's like the sort of thing that I would make fun of. Right. But um, I've written a book of games or I co-wrote a book of games with Jimmy Young mm-hmm. a few years ago called Games with a Purpose, mm-hmm. still available on the Escape store. And this is not an advert for it, really, because I'm terrible at coming up with games. No. I feel like with that book, I just did. I Shock just used her. up my lifetime supply of coming up with games. Google. And I just can't. But I look at Google and it's just always the same. Mm. You, you know, when you go to Google and we've all done it and you look up like, what game can I play? It's either boring mm. or ridiculously overblown yeah. you need all these materials and resources heads. yeah you've got to yeah. make all this stuff make yeah. construct angry birds <sighs> in the car park um, i don't have a crane i can't yes yeah right um, and i i find it very difficult to walk the difficult middle way between boring and overblown oh so i just can't i can't come up with games isn't that weird actually the other thing that i find very very difficult genuinely genuinely is if I think to myself, oh, I'll just split everyone into groups. Like if you're in a lesson or something. Yeah. I cannot divide a room into groups. I don't know what it is. Something to do with how my brain works. But I, do I number them one, two? I, I, and then where do one go? Where do two go? And then I, I don't know. Or do I divide it? Maybe it's a maths issue, but I find that very complex. And I find that I can fill a whole RE lesson with young people helping me work out how to split people into groups. So I think we've aired our weaknesses. Wow. My weakness is none of your business. But no, that's a lovely song, isn't it? My weakness is none of your business. What's that from? I don't know. I don't no. know if you might have just written it. I think I did. Very excited that we've got today's guest now. I, I don't she's know how they're, the I don't know how she's going to better the conversation we've just had. 
Uh, oh, but she will. But she will, <laughs> yes. Um, and she's a, our newest member of staff here well, at Youth Well, actually, as you hear in the interview, she's on minus day one or something. Oh, she's yeah. not actually officially here But yet. when just, this is broadcast... Oh, yes, when it's broadcast. She'll be on the team. Oh, yeah, she'll be fully and fully fledged. Because so I said you got up at 4am. It's now... For 5.15 5.15 and also you and I are jumping on a live thing at 8pm. Oh my goodness, we are. Live. Can yes. I remind you of that, Martin? Oh, live. Yeah. So that's going to be... We've booked a fulsome day of activities have. today, haven't we? <laughs> yes. So anyway, so uh, getting back to my thread, Alice Smith is our newest member of the team here at Youthscape. She's absolutely brilliant and she's done some really interesting things in the past. You probably talk about it, but was at St. Melitis, then at CAP, now at Youthscape. And here's what happened when you met her. Friends, I'm sat with legendary Alice Smith. Now, you might know Alice Smith's name from St. Melitis, where you were the lead lecturer in youth ministry. And actually, producer Dave started the same day as you, apparently. He was in your formation group. He was, yeah. He kept me right for three years. <laughs> He's not shaking. I think it was a positive experience. He's nodding. It was good. And, and then you left there and you were head of mission at CAP, Christians Against Poverty. And at this very moment, you are about to start with Youthscape. So we're kind of like minus day one because you've kind of snuck in early, haven't you? Yeah, I'm on an in-between couple of weeks. Brilliant. Just come up to Luton to, to get, yeah, just to get acquainted, meet a few people and think about the, the new challenge ahead. And still keen for the to get, to get involved in this role. I think I'm going to stick it off. out, Rachel. Yeah, I think, I think we're good. We're good. Everyone, well, not behave. I don't, I don't think you need us to behave, do you? No, definitely um, not. But I think what I love about how you are on social media, when I see you face to face and hear you speak, you are, you know, you're through and through. You're passionate about young people, championing them, about their you know, being centered in church mission, all that mm. kind of stuff. I would love to hear a little bit from you, though. You, you've been head of mission at CAP. Mm. And Obviously, for any of us working with young people in areas of high deprivation, yeah. and, and I know in Blackburn, like poverty is an oppressor, it's a power, mm. it's a force. And churches often in those situations are very under-resourced. Yeah. And so the primary resource tends to go around poverty. What's the intersection of poverty and young people? How do those things work together? Can they? Yeah, I think... Um Again, the, the, the spread of churches and communities is so varied. So I think there's a lot of churches who, like you say, are in areas of high deprivation, and that feels very pressing. But the relational side of who they're meeting, the connections that they're making with their community is going to lead to young people. It's going to make connections with young people, whatever they do. And so I think churches need to find a way to work with um both together if they can. That's not always easy to do resource-wise or people-wise, um, but to divide poverty from young people or to mm. say, this happens over here, that's our project over there, and therefore we'll do a different project for young people. Very often the two need to find a place where they work together. So I think food is a really important connecting place um, where we provide food, where we offer spaces where food can be consumed, meals. Um, that will draw young people. It will also draw 
all ages, it will draw that intergenerational piece that a church is just so good at. Um, but also community spaces. I think in in a lot of um, a lot of communities, not just a pride communities, there are really there's a dearth of community spaces where people of all ages can gather together, um, and the church so often can be a space that says, yeah use what we have. Let's use our resources. Let's, uh, you know, however um, that can be shared as widely as possible. I think that 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 definitely has been something that um, I've seen in the parishes that I've been part of uh, and that I've seen work so effectively through the Ministry of CAP. So you mentioned intergenerational. You dropped Mm. that in there really (laughs) sweetly, didn't you? And it's one of those words that in some quarters of youth ministry world, we all go, yeah, great. It's it's instinctively the model that's emerging. In other quarters, it's like, that sounds a little bit too much like children's ministry. (laughs) So in your role as head of missions in Canada, you were obviously seeing churches do great intergenerational youth ministry without maybe realising that's what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the model that CAP um, has employed throughout its history is the home visit. And uh, that's absolutely key to the work that they do, that that someone will ring with a a debt need or a a challenge to their finances. They want the support of CAP and they'll be connected with a local team, a local volunteer, and that person will go to their home. And so often the the person that's made the phone call, you know, they're not necessarily single, although many will be. And there's a whole network of others. There's a whole network of children and parents and grandparents and the the kind of extended family. And so what we've, what I've just been so uh, amazed about, humbled by is the volunteers and the frontline staff that I met in my time there, who over many, many weeks, months and years didn't just help people go debt-free, which is obviously the priority, but they got to know that wider family and were able to draw them into the wider life of the church. Um, and it's it's amazing to see. And so often, again, you know, my, my youth work kind of lens is always kicking in. It is often the children and the young people who are curious about why this person is turning up. Um, they want to perhaps go to the events or the opportunities that the church is offering. Um, they notice people in the street and like, oh, that's that person that was in my house the other day. Um, and I love that there is that opportunity for um, for churches to engage with social action, to engage with evangelism and mission and to engage with children, young peoples and intergenerational work like you say, almost without realising Without realising it. So what can youth ministry world, I suppose youth ministry world, what what are we talking about? We're talking about a little tiny church that has two young people and big networks of churches that run massive events. Like it's a broad church, isn't it? But Mm. what can we be learning from models like CAP that Mm. say we we centre the family? And of course... You know, in families, you don't say, well, this will be food for the 40 pluses no. and then the teenagers will eat on a different day. Like mm. fam- family is family, isn't mm. it? And, and um, I'm learning with uh, loving families on our estate. One of the best things that someone from the Eden Project said to me, when you when you go and do home visits mm. and you spend time with these families, they will be passing on to their children what they've learned to survive. So you can sit there and say, that's not great parenting, but mm. they are passing on the best that they've learned. And so you have to come in with the spirit of that, even obviously with our safeguarding and all the rest of it. So what, what can we be learning from models like CAP in, in thinking differently about youth ministry? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that we have 
um, piloted in the last few years uh, while I was at, while I was at CAP was was the whole idea of starting small, which I know is a big part of the heart of, of Youthscape as well. Yeah. Um, and rather than saying, look, let's do the big scale, let's kind of um, jump in with something snazzy and uh, heavily resourced, uh, taking a lot of time out of people. Let's just start with something small. So we um, we offered uh, a, a very small micro grants uh, fund that uh, the uh, volunteers could apply to, maybe a couple of hundred pounds, uh, that just got an idea off the ground. And so that, that whole thing of, it might just be that this pays for some food that allows somebody who would love to invite others into their home or into their space to do that can do it and can start to share their faith and share the gospel mm. and get alongside. Um, allowing the natural connecting places to develop. Um, I think a lot of churches who celebrate story, uh, celebrate um, the moments on a journey of faith or the moments on a journey of growing in confidence or um, starting to engage with mm. new people. We so often wait until there's something big to sell. And again, mm. we've got to start small. We've mm. got to say, God, we've seen such a, a, a significant answer to prayer for this person this week. Mm. Let's talk about it. Let's share it. Um, and I think our churches, um, we, we, you know, we, we're good at, at celebrating, but sometimes we wait too long to celebrate the big things. Mm. Um, so, you know, how can we celebrate birthdays? How can we celebrate um, things like exam season so that everybody's connected in and that those of all ages are thinking, OK, I've got a conversation starter because I've just heard that that young person's just had a birthday or I've just heard that that's that kind of, um, yeah, that, that 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 thing is happening in that person's life. Yes. Um it's, it might not be uh, significant to everybody, but it's significant to one person. And therefore, that connects the family as a whole, the church as a whole. But family is a tricky concept. Um, and so, you know, we do um, definitely been aware of uh, the needing to recognize that we've got to we've got to tread carefully because it's sometimes easy for us to throw away, you know, the church, the family, come and join us and it's all going to be great. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, for many of us, families are really challenging and really hard. And it's where we are most ourselves and we are at our worst as well as at our best. Mm. I guess poverty and young people are those topics that as youth workers, we talk about a fair deal, but we probably begin to then wade into the murky waters of sort of class conversation and middle class churches reaching out to yeah. working class communities and we, we get a little bit kind of angsty and upset about it but I, but I guess there needs to be a really robust honest conversation about are we resourcing youth ministry to work really effectively in communities where poverty is the big oppressor and you have to tackle that if you want to really see young people flourish what, what would you like I mean we're going to get on in a minute to what you're doing um, at Youthscape and I, I mean it might be this will be part of what you'll be doing but what what would you coming from cap and, and carrying your heart for youth ministry what would you be one thing that you'd love to see us grab hold of a bit more in our churches or in our networks and denominations it's mm. a biggie in it <laughs> wow yeah that is um i guess i'd want to put in a massive plug for uh, the work of jubilee plus uh, Natalie Williams, yes, um, who's just published an incredible book called Invisible Divides. Well, not just published, I think last year. Um, and that has been really formative 
for um, for my thinking. And I know an, a, a lot of people at, at CAP and we did a, a, a bit of a journey through that book. And there's so many things in that book that really, um, really challenge us um, to think about class particularly. Mm. Um, let, me, let me rephrase the question. Yeah. If there was something out of the many things that we could do that, that at the moment is sort of just buzzing around your mind, like mm. I really love us as a youth ministry community to grab hold of that and pull that thread a bit, you know, un- unpack yeah. that a bit. What would be an area of thought that you'd love us to go down? Mm. I think we've got to challenge the the way that we develop and identify leadership it's it's something i've long been bothered about probably and um you know particularly um where there are limited opportunities for young people from some sectors of our society to access not education that's a blanket provision but the the extras the the um the spaces where they can really grow specifically in their areas with the stuff that they are just amazing at i think we've seen it a lot with um technological ability you know young people get that in a way that you know generally us older people <laughs> don't get we need we need mm. to know that but um i think we need to find a way to uh, open up and level the platform around opportunities for uh, for leadership, for learning, for education that that don't fit the same mould. And I think as a church, we can pioneer that in in really innovative ways. Um, and we don't do it enough. We don't mm. do it enough. Um, I love some of the stuff that has come out um, around, you know, growing young leaders and um, sort of skills-based stuff, uh, residential opportunities for, for growing in, in particular skills, particularly in that kind of middle ground between um, teenage and young adulthood. Um, but I think we need to pull at that more because it's so often the articulate or the um, those that have done well in academic sense. Um, and we need to start to measure what we value differently mm. in order to see our churches fit for the future. And it's a boots on the ground thing, isn't it? I'm thinking about where we are. We've got some wonderful schools around us and that's mm. sort of triangulation of, of police, family, schools, church and church can be boots on the ground mm. if you're if you're in a community and you're with that community and you're of that community and you're yeah. for that community you will be seeing what other sectors don't see there's a brilliant book um, called poverty safari which has really affected my thinking really of church leading in blackburn of of what it looks like in this community if you're if you're coming in and you want to be there for a long time but you've got to learn you've got to be invited into this community yes. and kind of earn your ropes and, mm. and and look differently and ask different questions it's a really powerful book a couple of great books plugs there for you so moving on to then Youthscape so we are very excited that you are joining the team at Youthscape for a very specific piece of work and you haven't even started this job yet no, Alice so uh, what is it you think you're doing <laughs> <laughs> what can we get excited about okay so uh, well I'm hoping you'll You'll correct me, Rachel. Um, but yeah, I am uh, joining uh, Youthscape as Director of Church Development, um, particularly focused on the ongoing development of the Launchpad programme, mm-hmm. which has Great. been really um, successfully piloted across three dioceses in the Church of England so far, um, looking at equipping uh, senior clergy, key clergy in churches across the breadth of the Church of England uh, and to see youth work get off the ground to Mm. see it launch um, in a whole variety of contexts. Um, You know, loads of different um, 
yeah, just loads of different churches, different traditions, um, different setups. And um, yeah, we've had some huge encouragement from the Church of England to continue to pilot this and to broaden it. So we're going to be moving into a new phase, more diocese coming on board, uh, training people to, to join with us in that and seeing new youth work forged, yeah. uh, tested, tried out, just responding to the to the needs of young people across this this amazing, amazing church and amazing country. I've got quite a vested interest in this because I've, I've been invited into sort of piloting some of this in Blackburn Diocese. And what I, what I love about Launchpad is that it's absolutely not planting mini youthscapes all over the place. You no. know, this is about local clergy who are, their boots on the ground. They're the ones doing this stuff with their lay leaders and their teams. And it's really about what they strategize and dream and plan and what the leaders they raise up and I, I've loved working with the Catholic and uh, Magna Catholic tradition in Blackburn Diocese really exciting sacramental Eucharistic based youth ministry that's really taught me huge amounts like stretched my thinking about what God can do within different traditions and with young people so watch this space because Amen. it isn't just for the Church of England this could be across all denominations but thinking let's think differently about youth ministry in this community Alice that is so exciting I'm no doubt we'll get you back on the podcast at some point but thank you for challenging us today not at all thank you just linking into what Alice said there about celebrating the small wins do you think that's got an application to youth ministry as well do you think we do you think we need to get better at just recording the small things that go well the small victories I I think you know I often we always have a debrief at the end of our our youth work kind of evenings uh, at my church and we always talk about the um, the kind of different the different young people's lives that we've bumped into over the over the evening, and I think we always do the same thing. We always start with either an overwhelming kind of amazing news, this is great, this big thing happened, or probably just as often a sort of yeah, it was a real shame tonight that the this behaviour thing happened oh, wasn't or such good numbers. that wasn't yeah. yeah, all of that. And actually, what then happens is. Where we where we redeem it is we just we just kind of drop into those little stories of like oh this person had a managed to have a conversation with her mum who she's not seen for yeah. three weeks so, oh I you know I've just seen that this person's talked about the idea of maybe getting baptised mm. and you know and suddenly you you've got all these lights going on mm. I just wonder whether we need Flipped to get it. better mm. at celebrating the small wins rather than waiting for the I the think big ones. that's brilliant and I think our best stories are our small stories aren't they because the big the big stories are really often out of reach most mm. of the time and if we only celebrate them you're right then we we just have to fill the space with them oh, it wasn't very good whereas if you look for the small stories you're going to find them aren't you if, you, mm. if you're looking for i sat down and played a game of uno with her and i've never done that before and yes. it was then that that's that is achievable for our team isn't it all the time so i think that's a great show. well and it, it it does two things it it reminds us actually that actually the ministry is all the small stuff because it's yes. about people's lives but it also just slowly builds confidence because mm. when you realize that five or six small things have gone well mm. it gives you the confidence to go for something a bit harder and to have a more difficult conversation or to hope for a bit more of a transformation to happen so we're yeah. sort of building our our faith muscles if that's a, a theological yeah. concept i can get on board with i'm not sure it is that's brilliant building faith muscles oh, i'm sure there's something good in there but i, I, and I like the idea of 
you're celebrating the small things as brilliant and beautiful in themselves, but also because they tell the story of combined what God's yes. doing. I think you and I have often talked in the podcast about the dangers if we want to reject that it's just about the big numbers. The dangers that we can go to the other extreme and say we had three young people hey. uh, and and almost say that's it. That's yeah. that's that's so what we go for all along. Yeah. So you want to be able to celebrate the small stories in a way that absolutely honors the small stories, yeah. but also uh, but also it's building faith and confidence for yeah. where that game of Uno in a few months might lead to yes it's precious too the uh, keep it's keeping the possibility for for god to do something always more than we can imagine isn't mm. it so yeah i love that i love that she brought that as a big challenge from her time at cap and what she saw churches doing without even realizing they were doing it great youth ministry and mm. um, that is a model for us in youth ministry i thought it was just really fantastic so i'm excited that she's on the team and she's leading on launchpad which is one of the big projects that i'm involved with in blackburn so i'm really excited to see what happens with her mm. developing a the diocese so it's really cool so as you're listening to this i've never done this before oh what as, you, to as you're hello hello listener <laughs> as you're listening to this it it will be really good to just reflect on a couple of the small wins you might have missed in the last week oh that's great like what, what are what are a couple of things that just you brushed past at the time and you didn't even you didn't even think about them because you were wading through so many other things but what if someone asked you one or two things in the last week that have, have actually been little evidences of God at work, like in the smallest, tiniest way, but meaningful way, uh, you know, what would they be? And, and where then are you, are you wondering and hoping where that might lead? Where are you hoping that that might go? I think that's a good practice, isn't it? To just, mm. just take some time to reflect on, mm. on what those little, those little bits, those little bricks might be building towards. Without it needing to be that as well. Without mm. it needing to mean anything more. That's not what you need gives to put that pressure on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Open to possibility. Before we go, I wondered if we could talk a little bit about a brand new Youthscape resource. I thought you can do a fanfare. Oh. <laughs> that was a really terrible fanfare. That was a bit anticlimax, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Okay, let's try again. That's better. <laughs> With a more feeling. I like that. Um, so we, you may know that Youthscape's been producing resources for, oh, I don't know, like 12, 13 years now. But we uh, started off with packs of playing cards. And on the playing cards, really simply, some uh, questions, discussion starter questions to share with young people. The idea was that you could take these into school, you could have them in a drop-in, you could have them in your youth club. Um, and basically, they were just an opportunity to play cards with young people. And then as question, interesting questions appeared in the games or in your hand, or as you were doing a magic trick, you could ask those questions. And so we had we had the schools work playing cards, remember Romance those? Romance Academy, were they the first the ones? The Romance Academy, no, they weren't the first Are ones. Are they not the first? No, oh, I was about to claim not. that. No. Um, we had, uh, and we had the- Lots of versions of the schools work ones, didn't we? Yeah. We did, and then we had some mental health mm -hmm. playing cards as well. Mm -hmm. Well, what we've recently started to do is update those. It's amazing how even something like the questions you would ask young people date. 
Mm. So the questions we were asking young people 13, 14 years ago, like which newspaper do you identify with? You know, it turns out that no longer means anything. Mm. I mean, they weren't quite that bad. But, um, but, but things like social media weren't even referenced. And of course, they play a massive part in young people's lives. So um, like the Disney movies, every generation needs its own refresh. And so we, um, we've started doing that. And so a little while ago, we produced our Talking About Life playing cards, which were uh, a brand new iteration of what used to be the school's work playing cards. Loads of um, really interesting new questions to ask in a, a range of contexts. And now we have a new set of playing cards talking about emotions. What do you think that might be? I think that might be playing cards that help us talk about emotions. I don't know how you got there. I think it's great. Now, they are so good. They are probably this, one of the simplest things that we produce, although a huge amount of thought goes into it. But one of the most versatile and most effective. Those are very pretty as well. And I have a few packs in my bags and I like pull them out. Yeah, yeah, because it, you can in your use them in Rachel Gardner back utility jacket, belt. Double jacket. You can use them in you can use them for all sorts of things. Yeah. Scatter them all into a big jar. Young people put their hands in, take a card out, they'd ask you a question, play a game of cards. It's just the options are endless. So it's really, really good. So jump on the store and get yourself some. Yeah, so you can find those and all the stuff we do, youthscape.co.uk forward slash store. My name is Tori and my unsung heroes are Gary and Helen Stuppel. When I was a teenager, they um, just took me under their wing in a way that uh, felt like family. Um, They weren't youth workers or anything particular. They didn't have a specific role, but just more that they decided they were gonna be church family for me. Um, And not just for me, there were a few others that they brought along um, into their little little gang. And um, they still pray for me today and uh, help me to make decisions. they cooked for us. They, yeah, just, as I say, they were family. And they invited us into their family. So I've got a good relationship with their boys. Um, and, you know, I hope that I was able to have impact on their kids in the same way that they had on me. Trimming your tassels. Yes, you are. So um, I'm going to go for Elsa, Anna and Pocahontas. Right. So what? I can't think of anyone. I, my, my mind went straight to Pocahontas and I can't think of any good reason why. We had to... Didn't think this through. I did not know. I didn't think any of this through. Producer Dave thinks we're just going to lose the entire section. <laughs> it's the hotel all over again. It's part of the Christmas special. It's Rachel's hotel. 